Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Hello, beautiful. Happy Friday. I hope you're having an amazing day and ready for the weekend. But I've been having a lot of questions about fertility food, and I wanted to come on here and answer any questions that you guys have and kind of give you a brief background what's actually inside the course and how it is designed to help you find what you need to do to figure out your perfect fertility diet. Now, what's happened in the past and kind of what's still happening now is we're kind of just focusing on, I need to do the paleo diet. I need to do, you know, a vegetarian diet. There's a new bean protocol out there that's going on. I have to do autoimmune paleo. And I'm really here to kind of encourage you guys that that's not true. And what you really need to do is figure out your inflammatory foods. That is the key to finding your perfect fertility diet. So I set up a fertility food to really help you get down to what you need to do. Now, there's no real perfect way. This is kind of just a way I have found to go kind of step by step to fit your where you are at into fertility food program. So you don't start from a specific spot. You figure out where you are and then you build from there. So fertility food program is basically finding your food intolerances. One of the easiest ways to start is by looking at the top five inflammatory foods. So that's gluten, corn, soy, dairy, and sugar. So in reality, that's basically like, I don't know, wild guess, 85 to 95% of most people's diet is a combination of those foods. So that's why you see wild success when people maybe go gluten-free or dairy-free um, and do some stress management and work on their mental health and see success quite quickly um, because those are some of the top inflammatory foods. Now what's happening, and I'm just putting it out there as my personal opinion, is autoimmune issues are really increasing. They are, I believe, going to be like the next big thing. Diabetes is already, you know, in the door. It's not even knocking on our doorstep is a really big issue where I think autoimmune issues are a really big issue. And some of us have to go deeper. Doing the top five inflammatory foods just isn't really getting us to the ultimate goal. As many of you guys know, I went paleo, which basically eliminates most of the top five, not corn per se, but kind of. And I saw amazing results within my body, my skin, my mood, my gut, my mental clarity, my sleep, but I wasn't getting pregnant still. I couldn't even get pregnant with the assistance of IVF. I didn't even make it to day 28, even though we had amazing looking embryos. So obviously, 
I could have gone down the route of fuck this diet doesn't work. It's all BS. But instead, I really put my heels in. We discovered I did have an autoimmune issue. And then I went on the autoimmune paleo diet and found my top intolerances, which included things like tomatoes and paprika, which you just wouldn't think. So fertility food is just really set up to get you to look at your body, get you really tuning into what's going on with your body, not just your infertility, your normal, common, everyday issues. That's what we really need to be focusing on. So we have a discovery. That's the first part of fertility food. And it's all about where to start. So I really describe what the top five food intolerances are, and then the autoimmune paleo diet. Those are the two diets I focus on. This is because any other kind of like diet, let's say, like vegan and vegetarian are more of a, I would say for most people, a lifestyle choice, unless you really know that those foods like animal products are having a negative effect on you. A lot of people go for them for like a a preference and you can have one of the most unhealthy diets being a vegan and vegetarian. I once knew a girl who was a vegetarian and literally ate chips and smoked and drank a lot of Coke, and but she thought she was healthy because she didn't eat meat. So we really need to get out of that mindset that there's no one perfect healthy diet. It's really about finding what you need to do. So I don't really go into being a vegan, being a vegetarian, being paleo, doing keto, doing the Whole30, doing a bean diet. It's really just focused on the top inflammatory foods. And if you truly feel like you've done that already, I give you guidance into why you should look into the autoimmune paleo diet. And the autoimmune paleo diet, why I focus on that, is one of the strictest diets out there. It's very restrictive because it really hones in on a lot of nightshades and a lot of inflammatory foods that can be happening when you've kind of gone over the cliff. You've tipped over the edge into the big hole and there's just more healthy foods that you're intolerant to. So I just feel it's a really good place for people to start. You learn a little bit about why it's so important to eliminate inflammation in your body and what inflammation can be doing, um, especially having a huge negative impact on your fertility. I think it's really important to have that knowledge. So you're just not feeling like diet is going to be this quick fix. You do diet for one month and you should be pregnant the next month. It just doesn't really work like that. So getting the knowledge about why it's important to lower your inflammation is really important. And diet to me is one of the best ways, not the only way. There are definitely several other ways that you most likely need to be doing to lower your inflammation, but let's just start with diet. (laughs) It's all very overwhelming. I didn't get to where I am now overnight. I literally started in one spot and moved my way slowly. The knowledge that I have now can help you get there a little bit quicker. I wish that I had this outline and really honed in on what my body was doing outside infertility. I could have got to the autoimmune paleo diet a lot quicker, saving me, I'm not joking, years, a failed IVF. And obviously I had three, not obviously, but if you don't know, I also did three frozen embryo transfers with immune suppressing drugs, which was really hard on my body. The steroids that you take during this time for almost three months or more impacts your body a lot. 
So I could have saved myself a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of heartache. I had two miscarriages on the frozen embryo transfers. And even though it wasn't an easy route to go, it was the right road for me. And I ended up reversing my autoimmune issue and getting pregnant naturally after eight years of infertility and a lot of failed treatment. So the information infertility food just really helps you get down that road to where you need to go a lot quicker. Now in saying that, it's not going to be any easier for you. Just because you have that information, changing your diet is one of the hardest things to do. And especially if you know in your heart that you have an autoimmune condition or you've been diagnosed or have been struggling in the past with thyroid issues, arthritis, gut issues, the autoimmune paleo diet is hard. And so that's why the next phase is the guidance phase. And there's a section in there about setting yourself up for success. And so it's all about starting where you are. If you have never done diet and lifestyle changes, I don't even suggest going with the top five. I would pick two and doing that for a while and seeing how you go. This is a really, I don't think people realize, and I didn't realize how emotionally we are attached to our foods. And especially if you're going into the autoimmune paleo and you come from a background of maybe Italian or Mexican where all those foods are nightshades, you know, like you are surrounded by tomatoes and paprika, even the Indian culture. I know that I was really lucky to do autoimmune paleo in the United Kingdom because you couldn't get good Mexican. You could get good Indian food, but where I lived, there wasn't many. So I felt grateful for that. But I know people who are living in areas that these are just your normal common foods is a big, big struggle. So it's about setting yourself up for success and you get to dictate where you are and where you know you can achieve success. And then you can start pushing yourself more. I really highly suggest there's a section where you do a food diary before you make any big changes. And I guide you through how you look back at that food diary and you can see where you need to improve and where you're doing good. I think a lot of the times I know with my one-to-one clients, they do this diary. This is a requirement before we even start. And then I basically go through with a yellow highlighter and say, here's the issues. Here's where we need to improve. See how you're not getting a varied diet, which that's what we want. We want more vegetables. We want more variation of vegetables. A lot of people now are relying on convenient health foods, which is fine when you're on the go. But a lot of those convenient health foods are full of like rancid oils and sugar and just hidden stuff that you you don't realize are there. Um, so during the guidance phase, you decide you stick or you get to pick when you start the 30-day reset. So once again, it's going with what is going on in your life. So if you know that you have major events coming up, I know we don't not many of us have major events with COVID, but you know, times where you can't stick or don't want to stick to a new diet that you're gonna do, you really tailor it to your life. And then you set a date, and then that's your commitment to your 30 day reset. Now there's lots of different timelines out there for, you know, resets or, you know, how you can, um, 
maybe see how foods are affecting you. I know maybe some people say 10 to 14 days, and I definitely suggest that on my freebie. If you haven't downloaded that, that's a good place to start. But with a 30 day, it really gives your body time to reset and start healing itself. And that's what we want the body to do, because that's what it wants to do all the time. But what we're doing when we're eating inflammatory foods, and having major stress and environmental toxins, it just keeps damaging and damaging and our body doesn't have time to heal so it just becomes sicker so that's why I highly suggest doing 30 days so that's your guidance part and then you have your commitment so once you finish discovery and guidance you go into the commitment phase you have your date set and commitment there is a section about the number one thing missing from your fertility diet and that is mindset if you don't believe don't really want or have limiting beliefs around yourself and your diet and that food is medicine, you will just self-sabotage yourself. I have actually already seen it with some of the people going through the fertility food program that it's hard. It's hard to commit, especially when you're by yourself doing it. If your partner's not on board or if you don't have family and friends, or if you don't even have a community going, it's really hard to commit to that. And the main reason why is your mindset and your limiting beliefs. So I do believe this is a huge, big, big section that we don't cover infertility food because it is very overwhelming to maybe do both at times. So this section is just a um, introduction to it and a kind of light bulb moment like, okay, you know, dealing with my mindset is really important. It's not just about food and vice versa, dealing with your mindset and not addressing your food issues or your inflammatory foods, they're, go, they're one and the same. So also in the commitment section is goals. So a lot of the time when we start diet and, and lifestyle, and I know this was the case for me too, is that you think I've done this diet for 30 days or maybe even 60 days and I'm not pregnant. <laughs> and it's really frustrating and you kind of give up. I mean, for me, like I just said at the beginning, I had a, I did the most clean diet for most people and I still didn't get pregnant with the assistance of IVF. Um, so it can be really, really frustrating. So setting goals to what is going on in your body that are not really affecting your day-to-day -day life, but you can notice they're dragging you down. So your mental clarity, any sinus issues, obviously gut issues is a huge thing. Any like problems that you're having because of thyroid issues, weight issues is one of the number one things many of my clients come with, especially when you're doing fertility treatment, the weight just seems to pile on. So if you set goals in these areas and watch for improvements in these areas, you are much more likely to stick to the new diet, the new lifestyle, because you are seeing improvement. They might be small, you might not even like realize that you needed to improve in that area, but those are what you want to set your goals at. And those goals add up and, you know, fingers crossed, I can't guarantee everything, but your fertility then improves as well. And so getting pregnant and staying pregnant and having a healthy baby is your 
ultimate goal, but we need to set other goals below that to get, they're like stepping stones to get to that pregnancy one. So after your 30 day reset, and it doesn't matter when you start your 30 day reset, but 30 days after you buy the program, the food reintroduction phase opens up and this guides you in how to reintroduce foods into your life. Because this isn't about eliminating foods and then never eating them again. What we want to find out are the foods that you're intolerant to and then you'll be able to eat what you're not intolerant to. So for people who aren't intolerant to corn, they can eat corn. If people aren't intolerant to dairy, they can eat dairy. So it's really finding about your food intolerances and then finding that balance of where you need to be on your way to your ultimate goal of getting pregnant. Now, I had a question about, say, if you do find out that you're allergic to like three out of the top five, and then you're allergic to like tomato and paprika like me, right? How long do you have to do this? And I don't have an answer for that. No one has an answer for that. It's all about your epigenetics, how your body responds to all this. And on top of that, how deep your issue is, your root cause. You'll see most people, if they really put in the work, like I'm talking 90 to 100% for at least three months and tackle your stress because you can be eating the perfect fertility diet. And if you are still stressed out to the max and not taking care of yourself mentally, that can wreak havoc on your hormones, on your adrenals, on your stomach, which are all part of your hormones as well. And then let's say you reach your ultimate goal. Do you have to continue on? (laughs) And the truth is probably for me, I have not been able to reintroduce certain foods. And I think this will be a lifetime situation for me living in the society we live in today. If I got to be a Buddhist monk and sit on a hill, I definitely believe that you can heal your body completely through mental work and nourishing yourself in the correct way. But that's never going to happen for me. I'm now a mom of two young boys. I have you know, supporting you guys here with finding fertility. I'm a wife and I'm my own person. So the chances of me (laughs) sitting on a hill for years is pretty slim. So that is fertility food. It is, no, I don't want to say basic, but it's definitely the first start into learning what you need to do to find your food intolerances and why it's so important. The number one reason to join Fertility Food, because a lot of this information is literally in my podcast, on my Instagram, like all over other amazing people's blogs and podcasts and Instagrams, is the community. So you have a private community that you introduce yourself, you connect with like-minded people, and you get to ask questions, and I'm there answering them. I pop in more than once a week right now to answer your questions and guide you through the really hard times because it sucks. Changing your diet absolutely sucks. Um, for very, very many different reasons. Um, But I think when you're dealing with infertility, probably the number one reason for most people is you watch people just like you or even more unhealthy than you not have to change up anything and get pregnant. And that sucks. So having that support and having that community that you're not alone, that nothing is wrong with you. you It's just the way your genetics were set up and how diet and lifestyle has influenced that. And that's why you're dealing with infertility. And there's unfortunately thousands and thousands of us. And like I said in the beginning, it's 
more people are going to be having this issue because of autoimmune issues and because, you know, we've had two or three generations just not really know how damaging our diet and our lifestyles have been to our body. And I think we're slowly going to get out of that, but it's still the psychological impact is there. Like I said, mindset is a really important piece to the whole diet and lifestyle. So getting into the community and having that support and being able to ask a qualified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner questions about diet and lifestyle um, is really, really going to help you succeed and get to your ultimate goal. So when you join the fertility food program, make sure you overuse that aspect of the program. Um, Trying to do it on your own really only works for a small majority of people. You will find that having that support will really guide you through. So I had some questions. Any advice on male factor infertility after testicular cancer? So this is... um, kind of the same thing for for everyone no matter what your situation is is you need to get down to the root cause of why why first of all why that cancer um and if you can really hone in if there's any hidden issues other than you know your food uh your your diet and your lifestyle um if there's any gut issues or anything going on i would personally with testicular cancer i don't know if you've had to freeze sperm or if you're just starting the journey or what the sperm is like but definitely hone in on where you are where is his sperm and then go from there see if if it's not bad like really bad see if diet and lifestyle changes will help increase that it might not be enough you might have to go deeper but yeah that's my my best advice for sperm i believe that there's different ways to improve sperm and egg you know we're chemically different but it's about the same of just finding your intolerances So how do I go ahead and test for any food intolerances, even though I have no issues with food? I'm based in the UK. I'm trying to think if the MRT test gets shipped to the UK, how would you find you have no issues? Well, I would personally hook up with someone like myself and book in a consultation and really get into seeing if you have no issues. Sometimes we don't think things are issues when they actually really are. We're not linking them to our food. And then after that, if you want to do a food sensitivity test, we would look into which ones are available in the UK and making sure it's a high quality one. I've done some stuff before about the different food tests that are out there and the ones that you can get on your doorstep step or like walk into a store aren't necessarily the best out there. They could be a good guideline, but they're not accurate, but there's no accurate food sensitivity test. So I just had an ultrasound and doc says I have diminishing ovarian reserve. Yeah, be improved by food. Yes, 100%. So let's say you don't have any food intolerances. We would look at what you're actually eating and where you can improve that. Like I said at the beginning, when you do the me diary with the fertility food course, or if you work with me one-on-one, we pick apart what you're actually eating and where you can improve that. And so that would be a really good start for you is to actually look at your diet. When you join the fertility food or work with me one-on-one, you actually get what's on and off the table for the elimination diet and the autoimmune paleo diet. And I think it's really important to realize how much food you're actually not putting on your table. There is so many different foods out there that I didn't even know existed. (laughs) 
when I first started my journey. And so sometimes we get so hung up on what we're not eating because that's like basically 95% of our diet that we don't realize that we can be adding in so much like really rich nutrient foods. You're 41. I wouldn't worry about your age. I personally feel that age is just a number and that your diet and your lifestyle have maybe impacted you a lot more. I started trying to get pregnant at 27 years old. I was fit, healthy, nothing was wrong with me. I got pregnant naturally at 36. So so almost 10 years later, I had better fertility than I had at 27. So I don't want to discount your age, but I wouldn't overthink it as well. What would be a sign of certain food intolerances once you reintroduce? By the way, thank you for your knowledge and amazing podcast. Thank you, lady. I'm so glad I'm here supporting you guys. Okay, so when you reintroduce foods, the really annoying thing is, is that a food intolerance can be from like head to toe and it can happen within minutes, like a peanut allergy. Um or it can happen for me, my intolerances when I have um, paprika and tomatoes actually show up 48 to 72 hours later. And for me, I can see it in my stools. So acne is a good sign. Brain fog is a good sign. Just feeling like just sluggish and crappy. Anything in your guts. I would say sometimes, I don't know, I personally believe any big food intolerances do show up. So there might be food intolerances that might not necessarily show up right away. But if you're just feeling off in certain ways, sinuses, waking up with a drippy nose all the time, sneezing, things like that, just really common issues look out for. And they, they're just different in everyone. I will offer also say on top of this is when you improve your gut health, you are more tolerant to all your intolerances. So when I was dealing with infertility, my food intolerances really showed up like all the time. And when I improved my gut health, um, so after I had my second baby, I was probably the healthiest I've ever been in my whole entire life. I could withstand introducing like tomato and paprika a little bit, right? So like maybe once every other week. Now my gut health isn't in tip top shape because of stress and life and all that. Um, And I cannot have tomatoes and paprika right now. It shows up 100%. So that's the good news. Once you really heal your gut, you don't have to be as strict, but you'll notice that, you know, fertility food is all set up for getting honed in on your body and then you get to decide okay do I want to feel like crap tomorrow or you know like do I not so that would be my suggest okay we got that one okay how can you set up a consultation uh dm me I have several different ways to work with me um so if you're ready to commit one-on-one coaching we can jump into that I do offer one hour consultations If you want to just like test out the water, get some top tips, get a set of eyes on your story. But if you want to go deeper, you're dealing with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune condition. So we really want to hone in on what is causing that inflammation. The MTHFR mutation is not something we can change, but we can support. And you know you have a gluten sensitivity. So that's really good to know to stay away from that. How do you improve your gut health? Okay, so improving your gut health, there's two top ways. One, food. (laughs) You need to find your food intolerances. Your gut health, it probably won't heal. I'll just go out on a ledge and say that's like a hard fact. But if you don't 
eliminate a lot of your top food intolerances. Your gut will not be able to have the time because it's dealing with all that inflammation to heal itself. So that's why I joined Fertility Food and get onto that. The second way is managing your stress. Stress wreaks havoc on your gut. It is insane. I can't underestimate it enough to deal with stress levels. How do you deal with stress levels? This is what I cover in my longer course, Fertility Formula, which hopefully will come out next year. And in my one-to-one coaching is finding the ways that you learn to deal with the BS of life and stress. Because once you find what your stressors are and learn how to handle them, it doesn't mean the stress goes away. Like you're fine. It's never going to happen to you again. There's always going to be BS in your life. So it's finding the ways that you enjoy and you want to do to cope with that. So yoga, meditation, walks, getting massages, reflexology, acupuncture, all those different things basically make you sit with yourself. And for a lot of women in the infertility world, we're type A, man. We like, we want to go, 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 go. And like sitting down and taking care of ourselves is really hard. So finding those ways, journaling, that's why I created the baby and me journal and just doing little things that bring joy back into your life and focusing on the good in your life and just finding ways to de-stress. And this, once again, is really hard to do because you are fighting against a lifetime of habits, right? You have spent 20, 30, 40 years getting here. So to just say like, okay, just flip that switch and de-stress, like it doesn't work that way. And this is like the whole positivity, toxic BS of like, just think happy. Like for me, just doing stress reduction would have never worked. Um, I had to eliminate my top intolerant foods to get my gut healthy, to lower my natural killer cells and get pregnant naturally. So I hope that answered that question. Do you recommend taking power along with the women from seeking health along with the proper diet? Yeah. So supplements are there to supplement. We basically all need supplements because of the diminishing soil quality, you know, the toxins, you know, we can't escape it. So taking supplements to support not only nutrition, but you're healing as well, this can really help extend. I can't say I suggest any kind of combination of supplements for one person. That's a very specific thing because what I do with one-on-one, I really get to know you and suggest supplements towards what you need. If you want to try this combination, definitely try it. And I would say with supplements, it's just like food, just because even from seeking health, just because it's a well-known, very good supplement, If you take it and you feel like crap, stop taking it. I know they're glutathione. I've had someone reach out to me and say that they get anxiety on it. And I went and researched it. And a lot of people cannot take glutathione because it causes anxiety for them. So with your supplements, when like, say we did a one-on-one consultation and you actually really needed about seven supplements to help support your gut health, you titrate those supplements in. So you don't start them all at once. So if you do have a reaction to one of them, you know which one and you stop taking that. So we can, you know, only really suggest supplements, but you have to be, you know, like your own hero. You have to be the one that goes, nah, I don't feel good on that. And that's really important to 
know with supplement intake is that, yeah, it's not a one size fit all. I really wish I could just stand here and say, here's the top five supplements. Here's the food you need to eat. And this is going to magically fix you in three months. Like I wish, I wish, I wish I could say that, but it's just, it's just not it. But I think you guys are totally on the right track and I'm super excited. So Definitely check out Fertility Food if you want that support with finding your top food intolerance and, and getting on the perfect fertility diet for you. And I am here for one-on-one coaching. Thank you very much, guys. I really enjoyed this. I love talking to you guys. So I will see you next week. Have a fab weekend. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.